to 60 Weeks, 60 Books. This week, a celebration of the goddess that is Jennifer Cruzy, reclaiming romantic fiction, making it richer and more rewarding. I first encountered her through her March 2000 novel, Welcome to Temptation, and have not looked back. In between reading books about the Holocaust, history and cognitive psychology, what was left of my time after school was spent writing Regency romances. Georgette Hare was my go-to comfort read, her position firmly consolidated after I spent my birthday in 2000 reading Black Sheep whilst waiting to have an essential but unpleasant operation, my only experience so far of being fully under general anaesthetic. I started writing for relaxation and distraction shortly afterwards and my mother weighed in. Thanks to the wonders of broadband, we could co-write a book. I found a US agent who got me a four-book deal with Kensington Books, at which point my mother dropped out, and I produced three more Regency romances published by Kensington Zebra. Thanks to Amazon, I also began trying to work out what the market wanted, regularly ordering around five or six books per month, some historical, some contemporary. One Saturday, I saw a book with an eye-catching cover near the till at our borders in Brighton. A woman in skimpy red shorts and a cute matching t-shirt with a low-scooped neck, jumping high over some wheat, framed against a blue sky with Simpson-style clouds, a great grin on her face, the top half of her head cut off, that is a thing in romance book covers, and underneath in wiggly red writing, Welcome to Temptation by Jennifer Cruzy. I picked up the book and was hooked by the opening page. Next thing, I'd paid and it was in the stack I took home. I was probably meant to be doing a hundred other things that afternoon, but instead I sat on the sofa, opened the book and was lost. It took me that afternoon and night to glom up and pretty soon after I finished it, I reread it and I've reread it regularly since like Georgette Hare's Frederica, Venetia and Sylvester, as well as Eva Ibbotson's Morning Gift and Company of Swans, I downloaded Welcome onto Kindle once it became clear that we were not going to get round to unpacking our books whilst living on the Isle of Man between 2013 and 2017. It had become one of the books I retreat to when all seems particularly unwell with the world. The heroine is Sophie Dempsey, 32 years old, looking after her little sister Amy and extremely suspicious of the place she is heading towards and the job that she and Amy have undertaken to make an unscripted video for a washed-up actress she didn't trust. Sophie fears what she thinks of as bad country, also known as small-town America. When she's nervous, Sophie finds doom-laden quotations from movies to mutter, and backcountry comes from fear and loathing in Las Vegas with Johnny Depp. The hero is Finn Tucker, the mayor of Temptation, and a bookshop owner with a serious case of world weariness. Suspicious of women in general, and the Dempsey sisters in particular, he is also trapped into sticking at being mayor of his small-town temptation because the only other candidate is a family values Republican who, as the police chief, Wes, Finn's best friend, says, will spend his tenure trying to drag us back to the Stone Ages. Both Finn and Sophie are stuck at the beginning of the book. They're taken for granted by the people around them. They're in stasis, trapped in choices and decisions that have more to do with other people's expectations than their own wishes and desires. But Sophie troubles Finn in multitudinous ways. She's tense, devious, and he thinks of her as 
the type of woman his father described as the devil's candy, a woman who'd ruin you as soon as look at you. Except that Sophie isn't really the devil's candy. She is the eldest of three children, the responsible one, the sensible one, the good one. The Dempseys are a family of con artists and fraudsters going back years and generations, including their father currently on the run. Sophie takes after her mother, who should have left her wayward spouse, but before she can actually rescue her children from their criminal father, is killed in a car crash. Along with her family baggage, Sophie has a deep suspicion of clean-cut men oozing entitlement and elegance. Finn is squeaky clean, a glossy frat boy, a snooty town boy, like the rotten Chad who took her virginity, then shared the news with the whole of high school. Finn has his own hefty suitcase in the form of a nine-year-old daughter, Dilly, from a bad marriage that had ended months after her birth, not through divorce, but because his wife, Diane, had an accident and bashed her head on a concrete step. Thanks to Dilly and the job that Diane did on him before she died, Finn is living in his mother's house, unable to leave because his mother is still grieving for her husband, his father, besides having taken on the mantle of mayor in the family footsteps. I later discovered that Cruzy really likes the disruptor structure, the stranger arriving in town to wreak some havoc, or a variant, the bad boy, bad girl, returning home to resolve the issues that sent him or her flying in the first place. Also, deeply endearing to me, every book pretty much has some form of dog, and both hero and heroine come with a side crew of supportive friends. Often there is a super cute small person aged somewhere between 7 and 10 who finds in the heroine a non-conforming maternal figure and who allows the heroine to demonstrate somewhat unorthodox but effective mothering skills. Welcome to Temptation was my first visit through the looking glass into the Cruziverse and it felt so fresh and so funny, so playful and also so perceptive about romance fiction, about what women are really looking for when they read great romance and about what women are really looking for when they're looking for a decent guy. And what are we searching for? In my case, I certainly wanted escapism, but I also wanted grown-ups, adults, open in their desire for each other, behaving in ways that I recognised as adult. I had read so many books where the characters were fundamentally dull, stereotypical, sublunary lovers, modern sensibilities bolted onto historical characters, more like paper dolls than actual plausible individuals, strangely chaste and unrealistic modern women who were depicted as paint-by-number career gals surrounded by mean guys and milk toasts. Even the hero is initially an antagonist. In search of some kind of plausible truth to underpin the quirks and limited individuality of these figures, authors often bolted on childhood trauma from Psych 101. He's a commitment foe because his mother was a strumpet. She's a blue stocking pretending to be a lady of the night because her father was an alcoholic with a gambling habit. Cruzy was a welcome gust of snark, wit and common sense in the face of the acres of guff. She is super smart, very well read and intrigued by the delicate tightrope walk between meaningful tropes and stereotype by the way to construct a story by the navigation that takes place between two adults necessary to adjust to having one another in their lives. 
She writes extensively about her craft on her blog. She's fascinated by the slog of writing well. She shares her process and early drafts. It's absolutely compelling. Another feature of Cruzy's writing that I really enjoy is the way she interweaves culture, high and low, into her writing. In Welcome to Temptation, Sophie quotes regularly from films, as I mentioned, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Psycho, Tootsie and The Manchurian Candidate, and the whole book is infused with the songs of Dusty Springfield, iconic anthems of love and loss. Cruzy regularly takes fairy tale structures and messes with them, brings back to life immortal furies and twists the tropes of romance to breaking point. Her characters shop at Target and drive normal cars, run so they can eat onion rings, have regular jobs, go to the bar on a Friday night and hang with friends. At the same time, the big themes are there. Appearance and reality, complex dynamics between rich and poor, between male and female, the possibility of redemption, the resolution of complex conflicts. What makes someone a genuinely bad person? Cruzy is good at the ways in which nasty people try to conceal but inevitably reveal their sheer nastiness. As with Georgette Hare, she has a particular gift at depicting selfish and self-centred types. How they always try to make it all about themselves, riven with insecurities and ego. After reading A Welcome to Temptation, it was an absolute pleasure to catch up on Cruzy's backlist, Crazy for You, and then her regularly produced novels, Bet Me, Faking It. I thoroughly enjoyed her initial partnership with Bob Mayer, the pair of them producing romantic suspense with equally strong and sexy heroines and heroes, with a strong flavour of the repartee and wit of classic black and white movies. Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable, Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn were ministering angels to these books. In recent years, there has been a bit of a drought. Until this year, No new Cruzy book was published after 2010. I checked regularly on her blog. I know she was working, wrestling, wrangling, but things were blocked or didn't work out. So no new books. She wouldn't compromise on quality. Okay, so I reread most of Cruzy during lockdown, but it would have been heaven to have a new one. And then this summer, a magical, delightful gift Three new Cruzy Mayer books in swift succession, linked, stakes increasing with every passing page, great hot sweaty scenes between hero and heroine, villainous characters experiencing most gratifying comeuppance, a cast of terrific stalwarts including a fairy godmother who is a sexy 60-something giving off a vibe of Michelle Pfeiffer meets Dolly Parton. Of course there is a dog. There is a super cute little girl, but best of all we have Liz and Vince, at once distinct and yet reliable inhabitants of the Cruzy Mayer world. And there will be more next year. I've read one version of the opening chapter of Rocky Start and it bodes well. Small town, check. Heroin on the brink, check. Horrible villain, check. Hot, remote, wary hero, check. Hooray. In the meantime, Welcome to Temptation still totally delivers from the cherry wallpaper which turns out to be apples, the peeling water tower, the decent police chief, a great bar and a river running through it. Cruzy has written numerous great books including Faking It which is connected to Welcome Temptation although not a full-on sequel, Bet Me which really plays with conventions of both romance and fairy tales and maybe this time loosely based on Henry James's Turn of the Screw. 
But Welcome remains my favourite. Sophie and Finn are so good for each other, and at the same time, reading it, it was unusual to have the masculine perspective honestly and openly captured in a romance. Finn's realisation that his hots for Sophie are deeper and richer than he had ever imagined, that he needs her and relies on her, not just for physical satisfaction, but because she is the only person who he's met who really sees him for who he is. This is common enough in romances, but usually it's only the heroines who reveal the depth of their emotional ties to the heroes. That's why I love Cruzy. Next week's book stimulated the most heated conversation I've seen in any book club. I read it in the summer of 2003, suggested it for book group about 18 months later, and 20 years on, I'm still a little dumbfounded by the powerful reaction it caused in my fellow readers. Join me next week for a look at We Need to Talk About Kevin by the controversial Lionel Shriver. <laughs>